You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your host, James Rapine. As we dive into the offseason part of the schedule here, getting into June, we're going to have some dead time, but we don't have dead time yet. The Bengals will have offseason activities for the better part of the next month. We'll talk about that schedule coming up in just a little bit on the show. And we're also going to talk today about the age of the team and how the Bengals average age stacks up against the rest of the NFL now that the rosters are kind of coming into a bit of a clearer picture. But where we start today, James, is with the news. Of course, a very logical place to start, I think. The Bengals signed Trent Taylor, the wide receiver they had in for a tryout during rookie camp, to a contract on Monday. They also signed seven of their draft picks. Everybody, in fact, from the fourth round and later, all the day three picks signed. But let's start with Trent Taylor, James. When we talked yesterday, before we actually started recording the show, both you and I were both a little bit surprised that Taylor didn't make that initial round of signings. But we got the news a day later that he will be with the team for the rest of the offseason, at least as he battles to make the team in the Alex Erickson role, the, the backup slot guy and potentially a punt returner. And we also discussed he did have a very promising start to his career in San Francisco before injuries kind of derailed him a little bit. He did. And that's the exciting thing about this. And I'm going to give you a name, Jake, that some Bengals fans will remember, some maybe not so much. And he didn't have the numbers that Jordan Shipley had as a rookie for the Bengals back in 2010. But it sort of reminds me of it from a a really promising rookie start where Taylor had 43 receptions, 430 yards, a couple of touchdowns, uh, certainly showed himself on special teams as well. It was a, a valuable special teamer, returned 30 punts as a rookie. And so it was like, okay, this is a guy the 49ers can use. This is a, a long-term piece potentially. And injuries just derailed him. He had back issues that kept him out of a couple games, and he was never quite right in 2018. And then 2019, he has a, a foot injury that is – sort of supposed to be this typical thing. And I was doing some research on it. And there, there's these clips of Kyle Shanahan. He suffered it during the preseason. Like, oh, yeah, we think Trent's going to be fine. He ends up missing the entire season. Uh, the, the injury got infected at one point. He had multiple surgeries. And it just really derailed things in 2019 in, in his right foot. So he was able to play 12 games last year. He had 10 receptions for 86 yards. Didn't score a touchdown. But... The key here in the injury, he had to be specific, Jake. He had a Jones fracture, which is a break between the base and the middle part uh, of the foot. So it's it's really one of those things where it's like, ah, I don't know anything about it. I'm not going to pretend I do. But if he can regain that pre-injury form and be the guy we saw when he was a rookie or anything close to that, you're talking about a guy that could contribute not only as a punt returner, but a backup slot receiver, which Alex Erickson was last year. And he might even have a little more upside than Erickson, but it's a big if because he's had injuries the past couple of seasons. Yeah, I think for what they're bringing him in for, this is a bet that you like to make. He can definitely be a fine backup. And if you can still get some punt returning out of him, I mean, he's just 27 years old. In fact, he turned 27 on April 30th. Happy birthday, Trent. 
avid listener of the Lockdown Bengals podcast, I'm sure. I think that he can be a valuable player for this team in a very specific role, right? Because they do need some competition at the back of that receiver room. I think he does that. I think he brings something behind Tyler Boyd that could be non-negligible for this team. He's not going to be asked to do a ton, even if he makes the team. But if he can return punts a little bit, he can play a little bit in the slot, uh, you know, 10 snaps a game, maybe a couple targets, maybe a game on average, maybe one and a half. I don't know, probably not a ton. There's something there that it's it's going to be him and Scotty Washington and these kinds of guys fighting for one receiver spot at the back of that room. And why not bring in another experienced punt returner and, and just see, all right, can he be beat out Darius Phillips for that starting job, right? Uh, because Darius Phillips, we know he's he's an injury risk, but when healthy, he's certainly an electric punt returner. So you you think he would be in the mix, but you need someone else. And that could be Taylor. That could be a Puka Williams. That could be someone else on the roster, maybe a Chris Evans. And so now you do have, like you said, this competition and a guy in Taylor who's really got to prove it. A lot to prove. This could be his last shot. I'm sure no one knows that better than him. And the fact that he was able to go out there and impress, it's a good start. Now, at the same time, I did a little research, Jake, and there were plenty of 49ers beat writers and people raving about how Trent Taylor looked last year during training camp. So, you know, and he ended up only having 10 receptions. So part of it is, can he do that? And then will it translate if he does play a couple of games this year and fill in for Boyd if Boyd goes down or anything like that? That's That remains to be seen. But it's a low-risk, medium-reward type of signing that I, I'm totally fine with at this stage of the offseason. It's just one that makes sense from a depth perspective, I think, especially because they have that need, that vacancy at punt returner, and they need competition behind Tyler Boyd. So it's a fine move to add depth at a spot where they need it and makes a lot of sense. The other news of the day, James, is all those day three Bengals rookies signed their contracts. And you know what stood out to me when when the Bengals put up all the photos on the social media pages is Tyler Shelvin. I mean, I know he's big, but as I was scrolling through the photos, it goes Cam Sample, then it goes Tyler Shelvin. And I went back to Cam Sample after looking at Tyler Shelvin because I was like, man, Cam Sample looks small. And Cam Sample is not a small human being, but Tyler Shelvin has like 100 pounds on Cam Sample and makes him look like he's kind of small. And Cam Sample weighs like 270, maybe not 100 pounds, but... That that's the biggest thing that stood out to me, James. I mean, these guys are always going to sign their deals. The CBA is what it is for for all these guys. Their deals are pretty much preset. Nice to get it out of the way, though. Get those signing bonuses out to the rookies. They can go buy their mom's houses, which I think is is the number one thing rookies do with their signing bonuses. And Tyler Shelvin will fill up the door frames of his mom's new house. Man, it's going to be tough to buy a house in this market. They might need to to ask for a little bit more money up front, Mr. Mike Brown, because, and I'm kidding a little bit, but man, the real estate market is insane. Take it from me. So maybe hold off on buying your mom a house if she's good where she is and wait for that uh, that, that first game check or something like that to start looking. But uh, yeah, it's one, it's good because you don't have to worry about it. Because I remember the years and years and years mm-hmm. of Bengals picks not being there by training camp. And they're all going to get done. And I know the first, second, third rounders and Chase, Carmen, 
and Osai haven't gotten done yet as we record this, 6.30 or so Eastern time on Monday evening. But that's going to happen. So that's the first thing. The second thing, you're right. Shelvin is massive. He's he's a big, big, big human. And I think he looked even bigger because of the the table and you got his arms up on the table and just the angle and stuff. And uh, man, I wouldn't want to be that pen if, if you made Tyler Shelvin angry because he'd probably snap that thing with two fingers. And I'm sure Cam Sample can too because he's a plenty large human being. But yeah, you're right. Nice to see these get out of the way. I remember even last year, James, Bengals fans were concerned because Joe Burrow was one of the later first round picks to sign his contract or something like that. It's just not something to worry about anymore, guys. These will happen in due time. They're all there for rookie camp. They'll all be there for OTAs. They're getting the work in. They're going to sign their deals. It's just a formality at this point. And speaking of OTAs, we'll give you the full schedule for what the Bengals have planned for the rest of May and June coming up next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season in full swing and the NBA playoffs are here. You can bet on the play in games. Curry, LeBron, Lakers, Warriors. Let's go, Steph, by the way, if you ask me. Uh, but but you can do all of that in one spot. BetOnline.ag plus you can do over and unders for every single NFL team. Maybe you want to do some prop bets or comeback player of the year. You can do that too at betonline.ag. So get off the sidelines, get in on the action. And when you go to betonline.ag, make sure you sign up today and use promo code locked on when you make that first deposit because you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. So whatever you deposit, you're going to get 50% more for free with promo code locked on. So again, betonline.ag, promo code locked on and make money today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The official protein bar of the Locked On Bengals podcast, the Built Bar, has nine delicious flavors for you to try. My name is Jeff at Hungry Hefe on Twitter. Let us know today that he just got some boxes in of Cherry Barcia, Mint Brownie, and Cookies and Cream. They all look fantastic, stacked up on his desk. They've also got coconut flavors, raspberry, peanut butter brownies, something for everyone. And my personal favorite, the coconut brownie chunk, is one of those limited time flavors. Not only do they taste great, but they're healthy too. Full of protein. Most of the flavors around 17 grams of protein, around 130 calories, low on sugar to go with it. And right now, you can use promo code LOCK15 to save 15% on your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. As NFL OTA season really kicks off after rookie minicamp for the Bengals was on last Friday, the NFL has recently announced some changes to COVID protocols that will, I guess, incentivize vaccination. And on May 14th on NFL.com, the report indicates that effective immediately fully vaccinated staff and players will not be required to wear masks in the club facility indoors or outdoors. And an individual is considered fully vaccinated if it's 14 days past the second dose of a two-shot vaccine or the first dose, the single dose of Johnson & Johnson. Players and staff that are not fully vaccinated must continue to wear masks indoors. And fully vaccinated individuals aren't required to test on entry into a team facility following travel anymore. 
and are only required to test on a weekly basis rather than when they get to the facility having to wait for rapid tests and PCR tests before they're given clearance. So a lot of incentivization out there for players and staff to get vaccinated. Don't know how this is going to impact the Bengals, but phase two of the offseason program is this week. It doesn't sound like the Bengals are necessarily going to get together this week. However, next week, starting the week of May 24th, when phase three goes into the into effect, the Bengals will have OTAs for three straight weeks and then their mandatory mini camp that last week before they go dormant until training camp in late July. This is exciting, Jake, because last year we didn't get any of this. It was all virtual. We didn't see any football. We didn't see any pictures. It's funny. I was uh, pulling pictures of guys today and the Bengals signed Trent Taylor. And I saw that report on Tuesday morning and it's like, okay, well, I need to write about Trent Taylor. And there was actually a picture of him working out in a Bengals Jersey. And so that's going to be the fun part is you're going to be able to see these rookies throughout the off season, see these free agents that signed in March throughout the off season. And we didn't get that last year. And I guess it was because it was so, unknown of, about what was going to happen. I didn't let my brain get back to normal, but, and I'm not saying you're going to see every single veteran, especially during the voluntary stuff, but a lot of them, I think you're going to see. And so that, that part's exciting is because we're going to have little things here. They might not be huge things, but little things here to discuss details, workouts, etc. And And it's, it's also good because we're talking about a team that obviously has a lot of new faces. They need to take a big step forward this season. And the only way you can really do that is be around each other. And, and hopefully a lot of these guys are going to be able to be around each other and, and do so obviously in a safe way. And Zach Taylor has talked about that in his press conferences, the fact that his veterans are excited to put the work in. And that is the feeling around the team right now. They are expecting that, Barring some unforeseen change in attitude from their veterans, they will be reporting for in-person work. I think currently they're still probably doing a lot of meetings on Zoom and even will probably continue to do some of their meetings on Zoom during the OTA periods due to space constrictions and space constraints while the NFL is trying to navigate what's going on with the player population insofar as what percentage of players is vaccinated and how are they going to be implementing their COVID protocols, dealing with all the different cities and states that NFL teams are president versus federal guidelines. So quite a bit to navigate, quite a bit of complexity there. And one thing I forgot, James, to mention when we were talking about Trent Taylor earlier that you just reminded me of when you were talking about we were able to get a picture of him for the for the piece you wrote. He's wearing 18 in that picture. Mm -hmm. He did on Instagram, I believe, confirm today that he will not be wearing 18 for the Cincinnati Bengals following A.J. Green, but will instead be wearing John Ross's number 11, James. And here's the thing, Jake, is that's great. He's wearing number 11. I, 15 was available, by the way, which he wore in San Francisco. So for some reason, he just wanted to switch it up. So, so go in there. But I, I just got to break it to people. At some point, it's going to be worn. 18 is going to be worn again. And whether it's uh, two months after AJ Green signs or six months after AJ Green signs elsewhere, it's going to happen. And everyone, I think, forgets it wasn't Tyler Eifert that donned Chad Ochocinco Johnson's number 85 first. Armand Bins 
was wearing 85. And one, I think people let him off the hook a bit in Cincinnati because he was a Bearcat, because he's uh, was a part of the the most famous Bearcats football play in literally the history of the program, Pike the Bins, right, against uh, Pittsburgh. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, is that happened to Chad Johnson? AJ didn't even get the Chad Johnson's records. So it's going to happen. So prepare yourself, because at some point, whether it's Trent Taylor or someone else, 18 is going to be worn by a receiver. It could even be a non-receiver, the way that things have opened oh, up true. at this point. And maybe maybe that's the way they do it now. Maybe they give it to a non-receiver. Who knows? Uh, but let's get back to the OTA stuff a little bit. Let's get some procedurals here out of the way. The, the rules for Phase 3, which runs from May 24th to June 18th, which is, which is essentially the entire period during which the Bengals will be doing these off-season activities. They're going to have OTAs the, the next week, starting uh, the 25th. They're going to do it the, the 1st of June for a few days, the 8th of June for a few days, and the 15th of June for a few days. So four straight weeks of, of three days a week. And during phase three, teams are allowed to do 10 days of activity. So I guess maybe it won't be three days all of those weeks because obviously that's that's more than 10 days. Um, but there will be, I think, six or eight hour days. I don't actually remember, but there is an hour limitation. They're not allowed to be live contact situations, but during phase three, they are allowed to do seven on seven, nine and seven and 11 on 11. It does remain to be seen how much of that teams will be doing because I know that a lot of teams have been quote unquote negotiating with their veterans to see, okay, what level of activity will get you guys in here to do the work with us and, and start doing some in-person on field work, some individual work, some, some team drill work. And so I don't know how much 11 on 11, the Bengals will do. I don't know how much will be seven on seven. I don't know how much they'll do full scrimmage kind of on field activities in general, or how much will just be individual drills, position drills, et cetera, as they try to get install, you know, wrapped up for some of the new players or, or going for some of the new players. And Frank Pollock, quite frankly, has the next four weeks to start to figure out who's my first group to try an offensive line. And I think that is, Joe Burrow aside, one of the biggest storylines that we'll be tracking for the next month is what's the offensive line looking like that Frank Pollock is rolling with early? No doubt about it. And the fact that he can get his hands on these guys and try to improve the technique. That's why he was brought in for as much as is as, as anything else, right? It's to upgrade these young guys, get them you know, developing and trending in the right direction. And I love Zoom. I love virtual meetings. It's damn hard for Frank Pollock to do that virtually. And so even though they're not hitting people necessarily and it's not going to be live 11 on 11 a bunch, he can still footwork, hand placement, different things like that technique-wise work with these guys and get the most out of them. So I agree with you. It's regardless of what they do, it's going to be better than what they they could do or they were allowed to do last year. And the Bengals are one of these teams where they're banking on some young guys in important spots, and they need as many reps as they can get because age experience is a factor. In fact, we're going to talk about that next. RockAuto.com is the place to go if you need any parts for your automobile this spring, this summer, because look, the temperatures are getting a little warmer and you're probably going to want to make that upgrade to your car or make that change so you don't get stranded 
on the side of the road. And rockauto.com can help you do it for less. They've been serving auto parts customers online for more than two decades. They're a family-owned business, and I've used them. You should try them out as well. No part is too minor. They have parts for hundreds of different car manufacturers. So check them out right now at rockauto.com. Save money because their parts are always reliably low and the same for professionals as they are for do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. So I think there's a couple ways to look at the age of this Bengals roster, James, because I feel like most fans probably imagine that this is a pretty young team. I feel like whenever you're going through a rebuild, you think, yeah, this team is probably one of the younger teams in the NFL. And if you look at just overall average age of the team, the Bengals are the 12th youngest in the NFL at 25.04 years old as the average age on the team. The youngest teams in the NFL include the Los Angeles Rams, the New York Jets, the Chargers, uh, the Browns are even younger than the Bengals, the Packers slightly younger than the Bengals when you look at it this way. And I don't know if any of the, well, some of those teams probably, but I don't know if all of those teams are teams that you would think, yeah, those teams are younger than the Bengals. And so that's one way of looking at it. And the other way, and uh, Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders put this together, is to look at age of the top 24 projected players, taking 12 players from each side of the ball. And in that regard, the Bengals are the fourth youngest team in the NFL. So of the top 24 players, the guys that are going to be your big contributors, going to be on the field the most, the Bengals at 26 years old, that's fourth youngest in the NFL. Miami at 25.6, Carolina 25.8, Jacksonville actually tied. So it's actually Jacksonville and Cincinnati tied for third at 26. One of the youngest teams in the NFL when you look at starters because you know, maybe you throw out Kevin Huber and Clark Harris when you're only looking at offense, defense, and maybe that doesn't include some of the other veterans that are on the back of the roster, but I think it probably still would include a guy like Mike Daniels who brings that age up a little bit. And so there are some veterans on this team, but when you think about the the key players, a lot of them are still, you know, 26 or younger. No doubt. I mean, Riley Reef is... Uh, one of the the older guys on the roster, right? And he's still, what, 32, 33? Uh, for example, you mentioned the Rams just overall having a younger roster age. Well, they have 38-year-old Andrew Whitworth on it, right? And he's a key contributor. So the Bengals are banking on a lot of young guys to be quality performers or at least starter-level type players. Even, you know, the Xavier Suofilos. I believe he's 29. Quentin Spain's in his late 20s. So, so you're talking about guys that, yeah, they, they're experienced, they're veterans, but they're still on the right side of 30. And that's just where the Bengals are right now. That doesn't mean they can't win, by the way. Heck, Joe Burrow is, you know, only going into his second year, but he's 24 years old. And so that's a factor. The, the other part of this, Jake, is what the Bengals have done over the past couple of years, where they've targeted free agents that were coming right off of their rookie contracts. So they're not necessarily old. They're not 28, 29. They're 25, 26, 27. And then you think about Tyler Boyd. He's 26. So 
they've kind of hit the sweet spot about the guys they've targeted in free agency for the most part. And they've added on the team. Plus the guys they've given second contracts to are in the middle of their prime, which is exactly what you want. So yeah, they're young, but they, uh, they, they certainly got some guys that are, are talented and they should be entering their prime or in their prime. They've also got some very young players on first contracts. You talk about the veterans they brought in that were still in their prime. You know, they, they don't have a whole lot of players older than 30, and a couple of those are on special teams and Huber and Harris. But they're rookies. I mean, the, the list of 21-year-olds, Cam Sample, Joseph Osai, Jamar Chase, Jackson Carmen, their first four draft picks are all 24, 21 years old. T. Higgins, still 22. Uh, you go down the list a little bit further, Tyler Shelvin, 22, Hakeem Adenogy, in his second year, just 23 years old. Akeem Davis Gaither, 23. So a lot of these guys still younger than Joe Burrow's 24 years old. Joe Burrow was a little bit older as a rookie. And then there's some guys in their third year or fourth year now, I guess. Mike Jordan and Fred Johnson, both still 23. So these, these are guys that came into the league very young. And on the other side of the spectrum, like you said, Riley Reef probably the oldest offensive player. He is at 32. Mike Daniels, 32 on the defensive side of the ball. Xavier Suofilo is actually 30 now. Those are the only guys on offense or defense that are older than 30. So most of these guys a little bit younger. Some of the guys, you know, late 20s. But honestly, a majority of the roster is 27 or younger. So what does that mean? It means that there's still some development time for some of those guys on the extreme young end of the spectrum. So you take a guy like Mike Jordan, for example, right? And this is a guy that was probably a project when he came into the league. And you wonder how he's going to be able to bounce back or if he's going to be able to bounce back in Cincinnati after what happened against Washington last year. But he's just 23 years old. This is probably the year where he might have been in the conversation as a starter for the first time. Or if, if things go right in terms of you having depth in front of him and having a chance to develop his skills as he grows into his body and matures as a man a little bit. And you can see something similar happen for a guy like Hakeem Adenogy, 23 this year, right? Maybe he needs one more year or, or maybe he can play guard this year. I don't know. It sounds like he's going to be in the mix. Same age as Mike Jordan and Fred Johnson. So for some of these younger guys can still see some development happening physically in terms of mental processing. And so when you look at the roster, man, did you know Jesse Bates is 24? Sorry, I just got distracted. I was going to make <laughs> another point. Jesse Bates is the same age as Joe Burrow, and he's been in the league for how many more years? Three more years? Yeah, he's going into year four, and Bates is younger than Burrow. You know, that's the crazy part. Is And Bates flashed as a rookie, and that's exactly what you want, right? That's why the Bengals loved Jamar Chase, he just turned 21, like just did uh, two months ago. So this is uh, this is kind of the sweet spot. And if you can develop these guys, you can start to build that sustainable winner, which is obviously the Bengals' goal. Yeah, some of these young guys just have to take off and become franchise staples. And and we talked about that going into the draft this year. They've got to find some some big contributors on day three, and some former day three picks have an opportunity right now to be those guys and develop into those cornerstone players. And we'll see if any of them take that leap this year with some new coaches at certain positions and some more stability on this coaching staff. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast as we get through 
another week of the offseason, just a few more days until OTAs kick off and veterans are back in Cincinnati for some practice work. Until next time, Bengals fans, hootay and have a good one.